Welcome back to episode 10 of the Service Design Podcast. I'm David Morgan from Night Moves and together with Stina van Oof and in collaboration with the Service Design Network, we have conversations about service design with practitioners from around the globe. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Mark Willems, who is responsible for innovation at GEO, one of the three main educational networks in Flanders. You'll find Mark to be an inspirational and passionate individual as he talks about striking the balance between push and pull education. If you're listening to this episode, chances are you're interested in the topic of education. The upcoming edition of the Service Design Network's publication, Touchpoint Magazine, will be themed around education and capacity building. This edition, Journal Volume 9, Number 1, will be available on the Service Design Network website, and we highly recommend you check out this edition. We'll add the link to our show notes. Enjoy this episode with Mark Willems. We're here with uh, Mark Willems. Uh, we got to know Mark because we uh, worked on a, on a very interesting project together, um, designing a tool for innovative education. Uh, hi, Mark. Hello. Hi, David. Uh, for our listeners who, uh, who do not know you yet, could you please uh, briefly introduce yourself? Um, yeah. My name is Mark Willems. Um, I work for GEO. It's the public body of education in Flanders. Um, and my job is innovation and ICT integration. Uh, it's a very broad uh, challenge uh, for education. We have uh, about a thousand schools, uh, more than uh, approximately two hundred thousand learners, pupils. Uh, so the, it's uh, it's relatively big scale uh, and big challenge to start working on innovation and ICT integration. Um, who am I? Um, I have a passion for education um, because uh, my own educational career wasn't that great example. Uh, and that gave me uh, a big motivation and drive to try and change things uh, in education, uh, eight years as a teacher. Uh, and then afterwards, after that, uh, in an innovation project uh, for, the, for the King Baldwin um, Foundation and now for GEO. All right, and I've I've heard uh, colleagues refer to you as a salmon. <laughs> could you yeah? Uh, could you explain that, please? Um, I'm a, yeah, as what they call a salmon because you have the waterfall system. Uh, you try to start your educational career at the highest possible, uh, and often you end up uh, in lower um, perceived lower. Uh, regions of, of education, um, um, searching for a term vocational education. That's what I wanted mm -hmm. to say. So, um, when I was young, I had, uh, dyslexia, uh, is that right? Dyslexia, dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, so, but I didn't know that from myself and then you become, think of yourself as not so bright. Um, And that colors your self-perception. Uh, and, and it's it's too bad uh, that things like that can happen uh, because it's, uh, 
it's the door to getting to know yourself and getting to know your possibilities and your passion, uh, your talents. Um, so it's important that people um, um, can access uh, the full uh, range of possibilities that education can give them. Yep. Yes, and everyone can find a way that suits themselves best uh, and not the standardized education is like a, a working for everyone. That's also what we're seeing now, right? In education and in Belgium, a lot of people uh, find it difficult to uh, fit in the, the current system with the gradings and the different levels of education. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Hello. quite a big challenge. Hello, Stina. Sorry if I got you in the introduction. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's right. A lot of people are struggling at young age, uh, especially in secondary education, uh, because they they feel they don't fit in. We see a growth of, of young people um, trying to... Uh, to get their grades uh, by the exam commission. That's um, a possibility where they don't have to run school, but they can just do exams and, and study on themselves. Um, and you see a lot of, lot of people um, taking that option now. Uh, we had a growth last year of 15% uh, oh, of young that's people. Really big. Yeah, that's it's really more than significant. Um, so I think, uh, geo takes this and other signals very serious and it's great that they, uh, took this as an opportunity to, uh, look at disruptive innovation, uh, and what it can mean in a positive way for learning and education. Mm. Yeah. What do you think the, the reasons are that there are so many dropouts or people that don't feel, uh, comfortable in the current, uh, educational system? Well, you simply said um, it's too much push. Uh, it's too much, too much organized uh, throughout silos of, of content, silos of, of uh, uh, output uh, possibilities, and it, that doesn't um, um, re consider uh, the flexibility you need to. Uh, to uh um to let talents grow for one thing um it doesn't consider the flexibility you need um for the output we need today in society and uh in an economic perspective so we need unique profiles and um people are more and more oriented to um to um this this um getting to know themselves and uh, what they are and what their talents and competences are and how they can strengthen them. Uh, and we need to, um, to adapt education at, a, at an earlier age to this uh, discovery path, uh, starting with their own learning style, styles, their own interests um, and possibilities. Um, um, and that is more like a pull education but um don't understand me wrong i think push is still very important we can't uh do tabula rasa because for for one thing that won't work you won't have um a lot of ex a lot of people uh supporting uh what you do there's a big complementarity between uh these two education paradigms push and pull and so what i'm trying to do is um to look at this 
transformational idea of education uh, regarding these two aspects, uh, push and pull. What, what would you say are the, are the big challenges of pool education? Uh, so what are the challenges for pool education? Um, well, um, to start with, uh, pool education is very strong in engaging children and discovering their talents and who they are. But the challenge, however, is to... Uh, to, to uh, assess uh, what you are doing, what you are, um, um, your output of your learning processes. It is a, a learning-driven process with uh, open, uh, open uh, questions or open projects. Um, so it is difficult to assess. Uh, for the teacher, for the teacher, it's uh, difficult to fulfill his um, task as fulfilling the curriculum. Uh, that's, um, the thing he needs, he needs to assess. So there is, um, a, a problem there. Uh, another problem with pull education is that the transfer of what you learn is, um, um, rather weak, uh, knowledge is, is narrative. It's, um, it's, uh, all, uh, it happened in a project and things are connected to that project. Uh, for example. Um, so the knowledge isn't that easy to transfer to another uh, situation where you might need this knowledge. Um, also, uh, the theory and the structure behind uh, the theory uh, or possible structures behind the theory isn't, uh, isn't touched. Um, and actually, that's an opportunity to... Um, to connect um, uh, pull learning to push learning because there you have a strong um, uh, strong possibility of expliciting their knowledge. You have the structures where you can uh, discover blind spots that weren't visible in in a pull context. So um, actually, push and pull are really complementary. But the problem is that we that it's very hard to connect them. So this is where I see an opportunity for computational power and to build uh, uh, systems or tools that are possible to serve uh, each push and pull learning contexts, but in the back end connect the both. Um, so uh, the learning can be more deepened uh, and the transfer and reflection from out of push can be facilitated and the other way around. Um, um, knowledge uh, is more accessible in pool contexts where learners can mm -hmm. work with it. Yeah. That's also uh, the reason why uh, we already know each other, I think, because yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe for our listeners, uh, we are doing a project together where we try to um, make this push and pull education possible. And what we found together with uh, Gemeenschapsonderwijs is that the biggest challenges are uh, to get this really into the classroom and to make uh, teachers, uh, to give them the power to be able to, uh, to uh, form their lessons, their classes uh, towards this push and pull education mm -hmm. because nowadays they mainly get like uh, tools uh, for the push education. Yeah, yeah. uh, and for them, it's really uh, a challenge to uh, evolve into a more... Um, 
push, uh, pull and uh, experience learn learning uh, because the tools are just uh, not made for that. And that's uh, that was one of the biggest challenges, I think, to uh, incorporate in, in the project we did uh, together mm -hmm. to get the students and the teachers able to, uh, to uh, yeah, work on a both a push and a pull uh, basis. Yeah, actually, it's it's yeah. the it's the thing that is happening there. There are a lot of tools uh, on the market. Uh, uh, I, I call it like like a tsunami of of tools. Um, but uh, actually, when you don't know as a teacher uh, what to use, it's 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 hard to discover. Uh, what um, what can help your own concept of uh, or approach of learning in in school and what you see uh, of what I saw and um, the first year I started this job is that uh, schools where uh, innovation was happening they had a struggle um, with uh, finding the right IT to support their learning organization and their learning uh, processes in school. Um, f for the organization, okay, there's, there's uh, uh, learning management systems uh, that are um, really broad. They can help them with that. But when they start redesigning the learning process, they, they encounter a lot of problems. Um, and for me, that was really interesting because um, we could use that search and situation um, to see how we could... Um, we can, we could build a, a tool, a digital tool that really um, um, supported the learning process. I'll make a concrete example. Um, I started this project last year uh, in a search of, of innovational schools, and I uh, found a school in Dist um, um, where they had. Um, um, like they call a B stream and it's um, uh, more oriented to vocational education, uh, first two years of secondary education. And they had a lot of problems with uh, uh, youngsters um, with their behavior. Um, so they started a small team of teachers who wanted to change things and they ended up with flexible learning. They designed a flexible learning environment where uh, the youngsters could manage their own learning. It still push education, but they could manage it themselves so they could choose when they wanted to do math um, because for some learners it's just uh, interesting to do it on a Monday morning, but for others it's definitely not the case. Uh, um, so they could manage their own uh, uh, what they were learning when they were learning it in a time frame of, of uh, one week. Um, and that was interesting because um, we saw they used a lot of papers and, and um, formats to, to support their learning. They had, didn't have anything digital going there. Um, so we could use that as an opportunity to co-design with uh, with the students uh, and, and yeah, uh, explore their needs um, using uh, service design. That was very interesting. Uh, also for the learners themselves to reflect on their learning process, it was uh, liberating for them to think about um, what they were undergoing there and, and how they could improve it. That was really nice to see what it did to these uh, young people. 
Yeah, I, I got introduced to flexible learning myself when I was uh, teaching at the Technical University of uh, Eindhoven at Industrial Design. There, they also had a curriculum where all students got to uh, choose their own subjects. Um, they and every student ended up with a kind of a different profile from each yeah. other, and I, yeah. I could see how extremely motivating that was for for those students. So yeah. I'm, I'm very, yeah, I'm very happy that that there's more uh, going on about that, and that we can help make that uh, feasible. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's it's go it's, ahead. it's it's um, it's very nice to see uh, these things happening, and and you see them happening at a lot of places and everywhere where you see the things like there's kind of the same struggle. Um, but there's also different uh, innovational contexts we incorporated in this project. For instance, um, I, as a teacher, I worked in uh, vocational, uh, part-time vocational education. Uh, and, and these uh, practices work goal-oriented. Um, uh, they don't evaluate or assess um, learning outcomes in, in an abstract uh, quotation uh, f for subjects, they evaluate every single goal uh, that's in the curriculum, and and that was a very interesting thing um, to see. Um, this, for, for one thing, the same struggling all those schools to to assess this in a in a good and transparent way because they work in different contexts. So the, the youngsters they have school, but they also go to the job sites where they have other people evaluating their activities uh, so it's it's very interesting to see uh, as a as a, an opportunity um, so there we also started co-designing with uh, students and teachers of course and that's really um, some th there's five teams um, actually uh, for which we search educational contexts to um, to uh, co-design with uh, with youngsters and and and, and teachers um, because for a school it's difficult to to uh, try and uh, innovate in a transform transfor transformational way. Uh, they more um, um, lean. Um, they, they 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 work more uh, on improving what they have and experimenting with small things uh, that are more transformational. Uh, so it's interesting that we could support these processes and link them together to make it more uh, as a transformational opportunity to them to work uh, with uh, the outcome and the tools that we can design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like supporting them on a higher level that they get the opportunities to organize their uh, school and classroom. They don't have to all do it themselves, but they get some... Uh, <laughs> Some support from uh, from you guys from the Gemeenschapsonderwijs. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned that uh, service design was a good uh, method to work uh, with for this uh, this project. Can you introduce uh, us a little bit more into why you think this is the good way uh, of tackling this uh, mm. this challenge? Well, yeah. Um... I believe that uh, service design is a very fresh way to look at designing educational um, systems and solutions, uh, especially when we put uh, 
youngsters uh, themselves in the front seat um, because in education in 95% of the cases and probably that's still more um, the learner comes at the end of the line um, it's a very specialized sector where there is and I have tons of respect for that um, a lot of expertise an awful lot of expertise an awful lot of research and an awful lot of um, procedures to follow and restrictions to uh, to um, uh, take care of uh, in, in um, yeah I'm sorry just looking for the words it's in English so sometimes it's difficult for me to express but um there's this way of, of approaching things in education where the learner always seems to come at the end of the line. And so for this project, um, um, I wanted to look at design from the perspective of young people because they are the digital natives. Okay, the, you can have discussion about how uh, media-wise they are, etc., etc., but they think digital. So if we want to have a solution where learners feel supported and that's the end goal we should all uh, cherish is that uh, if we if we want to have products that they feel like using and feel good uh, using and they have the feeling that they're supported in their learning in their individual learning kind of like David told them how motivating it, motivating it is uh, for them uh, to see them build up their own possibilities then we should do this in a way where they have the front seat in designing um, designing these solutions. Of course, we need teachers to um, to think about the, the processes and how they um, how they want to use because uh, a tool because for them they should always also be in a, um, a USP. Um, but uh, the front seat is is really. Um, for learners in this project. Mm -hmm. And then that's why we also uh, went to a lot of schools and we uh, asked the students how uh, the tool they would work with or the classroom they would uh, work in, how it could look. And that was really interesting, I thought, to see how they um, could come up with really good ideas. Like we expected them to give us good insights mm -hmm. in these workshops mm -hmm. and we could translate them um, together uh, with, uh, with the design team. But we were really surprised to see that they already uh, had some really good ideas that you can actually now find in the, the end product that are maybe slightly um, uh, formulated in a way that fits all stakeholders and uh, that doesn't only focus on the students. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the functionalities really came from... Uh, the students uh, thinking what this product could uh, could look like. Yeah, and 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 sometimes we really under, underestimate uh, young people, um, and certainly when we we approach them purely from the push paradigm, um, we, we we tend to underestimate them, uh, and that's really um, um, yeah. Too bad, uh, because, uh, for example, when we did a workshop in uh, part-time vocational education, it's what I call the end of the waterfall. It's the lowest, mm -hmm. um, um, so-called lowest you can go um, in, in education in Flanders. Um, but actually, um, 
when we did the workshop with them, um, their answers were spot on. Um, they were uh, bright and they were very um, serious about thinking and reflecting on their on their learning. Um, and on the contrary, when we worked with the teachers, there was quite difficult to get some line uh, in the workshop. Okay, they had a lot of things going on, um, but it, it just significantly um, strikes you how how good they can reflect um, on yeah, things. That, yeah, that was definitely an eye-opening experience for me too. Uh, I, I realized that I had underestimated them very much, and I remember, yeah, I remember thinking, thinking back when I was fourteen, <laughs> I thought everybody underestimated me, yeah. and I would never let that happen when I grow up. <laughs> but here I, uh, I was doing that, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was a good experience yeah. to remember, yeah. yeah, what 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 they can do. Um. Yeah, and less less limited in their ideation, I find as well. Yeah. Where a teacher, for instance, uh, thinks very much in the practical reality of today, yeah. uh, and a student is much quicker in just taking things they've seen around somewhere yeah. else and applying that to their own context. Yeah. So I have a hard time explaining yeah. the project sometimes to the most um, how you say that the, 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 the strongest experts uh, in education uh, with years of experience. Um, I'm, I have a, a hard time explaining concepts we developed with these kids, for example, uh, the, the concept we developed in, in Mo uh, for the parts teach and design. Um, um, youngsters came up with the idea of something like the Twitter for learning and Pinterest for learning combined, um, combined in, in, in one tool. Um, and actually that was a, a great idea, a great way of, way of thinking, but it took us quite a while to, to give that um, hand and feet with working with, with teachers. Um, so they have strong ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they also know what it what it could be like uh, with when the the Twitter or the Pinterest of learning. What I found a really interesting insight there is that um, actually they all are already learning quite a lot on the internet, yeah. but it's not linked to their their classroom nowadays. It's totally in the classroom. They learn from the books, yeah. and then next to that, they are free to learn everything on the internet they can reach and what they're interested in. Yeah. But those two are often not linked yet. And that insight, yeah. like that they also in the classroom could focus more on the things they are really passionate about, uh, was a really an eye opener for me as well. Yeah. yeah and the, the nice thing in working with, uh, with young people is that, um, they experience these two worlds, um, the world of formal education, uh, which they are going to, and the, work, the world of learning implicitly uh, through uh, uh, digital um, possibilities, uh, possibilities to using Google and, and, and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they have enormous diversity in learning contexts. And underneath uh there is a lot of implicit knowledge about that learning and how it goes on um and and how we can support that uh learning and that's something you don't always 
discover using only um, research-based uh, concepts of learning. Mm-hmm. In our experience, uh, sometimes we see when uh, organizations start using service design and uh, they really start uh, you know, integrating the, the end users or in Geo's case, the uh, students mm-hmm. into the the process of, of coming up with solutions and, and designing them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always easy to, to uh, accept that, that change. Uh, mm-hmm. How is it at Rio? Is it, has it been easy to introduce service design as a way of working within the organization? Actually, um, it was surprisingly easy for me to do this, but that's, uh, but we're not there yet. Huh? So this is a, a project where I work on now and um, the importance of innovation uh, um, came very clear in the last couple of years uh, for GEO. And so they created this project um, and they gave me uh, a lot of room to bring in new things because they looked at, uh, at innovation uh, not only as the outcome of, of what I should do, but also in uh, as uh, innovative way in how to approach. And so I could uh, incorporate my experience, my very young experience with um, service design. In the year before I started here, I had one experience um, of a workshop and it, it really um, um, insp- inspired me very strong. So one thing I knew very fast was that service design was going to be uh, uh, important for me uh, so i started using uh, with it uh, very very fast um and now for this project it's uh, looked up on as a as a yeah something that is very strongly connected uh, and that is ha- that has a lot of an advantage uh, of of design in, in, as a design approach um also as a, a research approach um, um because for an institution institution as G, as geo it is very important to uh, emf- to take emphasis or uh, yeah uh, to emphasize i'm mm-hmm. sorry um that it is an, a different research technique um and that word research is 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 important because um it's um the project is is really um um started as an agile process where we reach research in small steps uh, what what works um so that is important for geo um as a um a way to to replace uh, or to enrich that's a better word as a way to enrich um traditional perspectives on uh, development uh, and, and research in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think nowadays uh, a lot of the research which has been done, it's more like a, a quantitative research. You have a lot of numbers, mm-hmm. but um, with this project, we really focused first on like the more qualitative research mm-hmm. to get the stories out of the students mm-hmm. and the teachers. Mm-hmm. But now, that we finally have like a, we have an MVP where the schools are all testing it. We uh, again uh, think like how should we uh, now 
evaluate this product and should we find more, uh, should we find different ways of uh, knowing if this, this really works, if we want to scale it up, like what, what could be the next step of measuring uh, the success uh, of the different functionalities? I think that's an interesting like, uh, um, difference between the two types of research. They both have their advantages, but in this project, you could really see that you need, you need both as, at yeah. this uh, stage. It's again the complementarity, yeah? um, because mm-hmm. now we have a, a structure where we can connect push to pull. Uh, and in each learning activity, the Twitter of learning, as I referred to earlier, in each learning activity, you can, a teacher uh, can connect goals. Uh, and if they want to evaluate it, they need to connect the goals. Um, so now we have uh, data where we can do uh, quantitative research with uh, and combine uh, both uh, quantitative and qualitative uh, research, um, we will keep on using service design to improve um, learning in, in two ways. In one way is uh, the digital, um, but also we I have two new colleagues uh, who are um, learning to use service design as um, uh, pedagogical counselors in schools. Uh, ped- pedagogical counselors of digital innovation. Um, but there's a, a digital part in their story and there's a pedagogical part in their story. So um, service design can now um, be used as well in the pedagogical way to support uh uh, schools in their thinking on, on learning processes and um, revealing blind spots um, by um, uh, doing service design workshops with uh, with students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I found really inspiring to see is that um, we did the project together, and then at some point, of course, people get involved of the organization and they get enthusiastic about it as well. And it was really uh, nice for us to see that now there are even two people like in the organization who will be trained mm-hmm. uh, with service design techniques and will really uh, yeah. take this uh, way of working further in the organization. Yeah, you, so. but it, it refers to your earlier question. So service design in this organization, it's, it's a step-by-step process where I feel as a project manager, I should always give proof of concept of uh, um, show proof of concept of an approach and um, keep the process moving with a lot of opportunities to connect people uh, uh, from different structures um, in that process and give them the opportunity to reflect, to give feedback, uh, but also to connect um, the learning uh, beyond the process, and that's the service design level uh, and the uh, design thinking level. Um, also connect that opportunity to these moments. Um, um, for example, we we like to participate in in, in GovChem. Uh, take that as an opportunity to to do ideation on uh, the future education uh, uh, and connect people. Uh, to each other and also connect them, of course, to the project that's going on here at Geo with Geo 3.0. 
you have a, a very open-ended uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, uh, being responsible for innovation, you have no idea where you end up, of course. Um, how, how do you know if you're doing a good job? How do you measure this? Um, uh, this at this moment, um, I, I do that in a very simple way. At this moment, it's just looking at um, the growth of the development uh, and how people uh, are involved and how people uh, like uh, to give feedback and use the tool that there is uh, are willing to give uh, uh, feedback. So that's the primitive uh, first way. But now we are developing, um, of course, measurement of learning processes. Um, to see what the effect is uh, of how people um, use the tool. And, of course, there's a very uh, important local aspect there because uh, you, you support schools and, and what, they want to, uh, what, they want, what their goals are. Um, so it's also a part that we are going to develop with schools now because they just started two weeks testing the software. Uh, so this is a very crucial phase uh, where we, uh, my colleagues and me who uh, do the pedagogical, pedagogical counseling in the schools are uh, doing uh, actually three things that's uh, one supporting the, and the test user um, to um, um, making an inventory of, of what they want to learn and what, what metrics we could use throughout the system to support knowledge about that. And three is building a uh, 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 a learning network. Um, that's why we decided to do the demos. Um, every sprint, we uh, we have a demo at the end. And before um, we did the demo always with you in uh, at night moves in Ghent. Um, now we are developing um, uh, ourselves. We we will do the demos in schools, uh, moving from one school to another. So schools get to know each other and the learning network. Um, gets an opportunity by uh, having time built in in every program for a uh, use case uh, from a school. Um, so that's also very important uh, and a, an opportunity to get that rhythm of developing and sharing knowledge, uh, giving feedback. All these layers are important and are more like qualitative measurement of our quality at this moment. Um, we take that very serious um, um, at the end, we will always do the question of what we should keep on doing, what we should stop doing, etc., uh, and what we sh should start doing. So that it's it's primitive at the moment because we are building our MVP, but we are also building the metrics for schools and in general uh, for us later on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good way that in the first rounds there were only like three schools involved, the three very. Uh, enthusiastic and innovative schools mm -hmm. that together like shaped uh, um, the MVP. And then later on, yeah, you can still see how you can scale it up. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the most important thing now is that those schools can really, uh, can really help yeah. them. And they are already really different types of schools, like with more, with young people, with older people, even adults. Yeah. So I think that's already a really big uh, challenge for the first uh, version. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. See how it's working there. But that's the nice thing about the design of uh, the, the schools. 
we chose uh, we have three push schools for this year uh, next year we will uh, look for schools doing pool innovation um, and they will also be very different um, but the nice thing is that uh, they are all like the vision of push and pull um, all these contexts are very complementary we discovered that very fast while we were building the tool the initial idea was to build a tool per school but there were so many interdependencies uh, that were actually in, um, easily um, um, designed in a, in a, in a, in the same flow um, because yeah I think it's the push and pull that makes it makes it uh, makes it so complementary you, you look at flexible learning okay and then yeah you need to evaluate of course eh? and because it's push and pull you need to evaluate throughout f from a curriculum if it's push uh, it's the curriculum of the known if it's pull you could talk about maybe the curriculum of the unknown uh, and the curriculum of questions but you need to you, you need anyway you need to evaluate and that process is something where learners should be um um, um, involved with uh, their own evaluation because it gives them a lot of knowledge about themselves. So we had that part. And then, of course, the activity of learning needs to be made since then that was the context of more was specialized. And we had no conflict um, during the demos where we invited the three different schools in vision that and that's something that strikes me t uh, time and again when when you talk in abstract about innovation in education you have these deep discussions uh, and differences but when you do this in a co-creative way designing way making um, these possibilities concrete you see some differences but there are always uh very easy solved. Uh, is, uh, the, the, they aren't they aren't that difficult to solve um, because you're building on 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 a design that is actually mm. simple and yeah, bridging these contexts. Yeah. yeah, I recognize what you're saying. I think sometimes we mm. we came up with a solution specific specifically aimed at one school. Um, and then when we demo this and have the other schools visiting, mm. you know, first they might realize it doesn't quite work for them, but the changing the functionality maybe just is a matter of adding one little checkbox or yeah. <laughs> something small yeah. to make it worth for, uh, work for both uh, contexts. Yeah, uh, it's indeed. Uh, yeah. And the interesting thing we did is that we we have a learning mix as a format uh, where these activities are placed in learning activities are placed in and there's some presets you can make on a, on a mix but you can use a mix in every type of school and and put these preferences on and off but that makes it very easy for a teacher to start experiment experimenting with with these um with these things it makes um innovation feasible yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i think it's just offering the right framework for the teachers and the students and they can fill in the content themselves and make it their own. But they have now a tool that they can work with and that makes their job more 
efficient, more fun, more motivating and those things, mm -hmm. but they can still like do their own, uh, do their own thing with it. Yeah. There is enough freedom. Yeah. Uh, yeah and that's, yeah. that, mm -hmm. that's also something I'd like to refer to as a, as a part of the push and pull, because sometimes you have teachers that work in a very traditional way and do, do a good job. Um, and so the tool actually supports them as well. Uh, so that's, mm -hmm. that's very important for me that, if you don't have a tool that can bridge approaches, you will have a hard time doing innovation to make innovation last because there's, there's a lot of sustainable. Yeah, sustainable yeah. There's the word. There's, there's a, a lot of projects and sometimes they have a reverse effect because when you try mm -hmm. something that, that uh, is not sustainable, uh, you will have a very hard time uh, motivating your teachers to do a new project because they will only get mm -hmm. yeah, stronger their idea that it's going to be all for nothing uh, and things like that. Um, yeah. So it's yes. very important to make things connectable to each other and to make that complementary work, complementarity work between teachers. Mm -hmm. Where would you like uh, to see uh, this project in a couple of years? What would be your dream where uh, <laughs> this uh, could end up? I would like to see um, um, the, the the DNA of of this of this approach working for uh, as much as possible schools uh, at Geo, but maybe even uh, broader than that. If it works, it can work for everyone. I, all, I would also like to connect with other partners in lifelong learning um, because for one thing learning data your own data as a learner shouldn't be uh, um, connected to a school account it should be connected to yourself uh, and be uh, accessible for life uh, and maybe be usable to learn other things with on the internet and, and, and make it uh, recognizable for yourself to to do something with what you learn learning is not only about reading and understanding and being able to replicate theory or information it's something that happens in real life so when you have a digital structure that can support uh using what you learn in real life and vice versa yeah Actually, it sounds very ambitious, I know, but um, I feel something like this um, should, exi should exist. Um, and if it's the tool we are building now or others, um, that's not the, the primary goal. The, the goal is that these things should be really supporting learning, however and wherever, uh, in a sustainable way. Yeah, for like a, your whole life that you can build up like your own uh, learning process yourself yeah. and that every time you can decide what to learn and you can find the material, yeah. <laughs> what you want and share it with others. Yeah, yeah, and you can analyze, for example, if you want to learn something now when we approach learning throughout these silos, um, sometimes it is really um, discouraging um you you have to get that diploma or that diploma and you have to f to follow a, a path that is over years 
but when you can do the analytics, very simple. This is the competence I'm looking forward to, and and, and this is a piece of math I need, um, really exact, uh, and I can learn it in this or that way. Maybe uh, bits online by e-learning. Maybe I can find my own challenges in incorporating it. So, actually, if you can get yourself a learning path that is relevant for you, you will learn. Uh, more easy and more fluent and get to, to become who you want to be um, in an in a more convenient way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was actually in the news even last week that employers have difficulties hiring the right people and then they just decide to choose for which diploma people are mm. having. But often that doesn't no. mean it's like a good <laughs> candidate. So it would be really valuable if you could build up like your own type of yeah. not really diploma, but profile and people could choose like yeah. uh, to see what your experience yeah. is and what you have, what you like, what you're passionate about. Yeah, just imagine that uh, even your um, uh, job experiences where you felt Uh, challenged or you, you are proud of if you could just mark them and and connect competences uh with those activities and and then throughout these links you can discover uh or rediscover what you learned about that earlier uh and find material you did earlier on these subjects that would be great uh, wouldn't it mm -hmm. mm. absolutely also one thing and that's Coming back to something you said right at the start when you were talking about your own uh, education, uh, that because of uh, your, your dyslexia, you mentioned uh, you didn't necessarily have the confidence that you were able mm -hmm. to do uh, certain things. Um, I think I think that's something we saw uh, at the schools we visited as well. Sometimes, yeah, it's clear that that these youngsters have a lot of capacities. That's not the issue, but somehow they didn't believe themselves that they were able to to do more than than the school they're doing and i think if a if a tool like this a solution like this can can just bit by bit show people uh, how they can take themselves a step further yeah. i think you know, well, that's a, a very beautiful uh, additional goal of a, of a platform like this that i see as well yeah With, yeah. with one. So add on that, like, a, yeah. yeah, an example of the workshop. There was like one student. We let them like draw uh, on the actual application, so they could uh, draw on mm. like printed phones we had. Mm. And there was one girl, and she really didn't want to draw because she says, "I yeah. was, I'm really bad in it." And the teachers uh, don't give me the good grades on my uh, drawing classes. And then we just let her like. Uh, write it in a story and then all of a sudden it was like a really good idea that uh, came out and i i really saw that example as a example to use in the actual yeah. design that if students want to learn in a different way that this tool could make it possible even for the teacher to uh to manage this in a classroom of 20 students uh with different types of uh yeah skills and ways of uh learning things mm -hmm. yeah And, and when you you touch something that still stays very important and um um that is that the connection with teachers is still the you can build a tool the strong you want it uh the, 
or as good as you want it. But really, what it ends up with is is a good um, a, a good teacher support um, and good teaching uh, is very very important. So a tool is one thing, but there's still a lot of work to do in schools. Um, um, not only in using the tool, but in 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 um, in challenging themselves to become the best teacher they can uh, imagine themselves to be. Because mm-hmm. really, if you ask yourself um, what teachers were important in your own school, school career, um, these are people that really make a difference, a very important difference. Um, and what you can do as a, uh, in developing software is to make that connection be more relevant and be more um, um, meaningful. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, communi- the communication teacher can become more easily the learning coach, and, and the learner can uh, get more uh, autonomy and more. Um, insight on his own learning and, and, and make communication with his teacher more relevant throughout his own um, learning needs. I think that's a very nice and human point to uh, to end our very interesting conversation. For the listeners, yeah, we've talked about this platform several times. We'll make sure we add a, add a link to a bit more information about that in our show notes. Mark, is there anything uh, you'd like to let the people know um where can they find more information about you um well i think the link will be a, a very good start and i can add uh something uh, uh to that um, um later on so they can they can use your link um i'm um they can always uh surf to uh geo.be that's uh g um um g g o dot b e um and there we'll add that link yeah, to the show notes yeah, too yeah. <laughs> uh and of course uh, i'm on linkedin and then on twitter and everything but people can find me there um for me it was an honor um to do this podcast and uh, I'm very interested in, in what resonates uh, with other people. So I'm always interesting, interested to know um, what you think uh, about this um, idea of push and pull, because that's for me really the core uh, of, of what I'm doing in this project. Um, and um, one thing I didn't mention is that we are now in a phase of uh, open innovation. We will not build this all ourselves. Um, so if you're interested in uh, working together with Geo, um, you can always get in touch, please. Yeah. 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 I think uh, we have, a, have an international audience. I think it'd be interesting to hear in other countries how they might be dealing with the the challenge of balancing push and pull education. So uh, yeah. anybody out there, please reach out. Okay. That would be interesting to uh, to interact. Okay. Thank you very much, David. And All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Okay. Until next okay, time. Okay. Until next time. Bye. Goodbye. Stina, you won't believe this. What? There are still some people listening. Hey, that's great. Perhaps we can promote some things. We would like to keep the podcast free after all. That's right. 
If you want to support the show, the easiest way would be to subscribe, rate, and review. You can visit us on servicedesignpodcast.com for more information, or you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and join in on the conversation. You can also meet up with us at the Service Design Global Conference, which will be held in Madrid on the 2nd and 3rd of November this year. We'd love to make new connections and meet guests and listeners of the podcast. You can find more information and buy our tickets on the Service Design Network website. And remind us again about Kingdoms, Dina. Well, Kingdom is our workshop facilitation card game that provides endless exercises in a small package. You can buy Kingdom on kingdomcards.be and especially for you, we have arranged a 10 euro discount. Enter the code podcast when you purchase it and you'll get a 10 euro discount. Kingdom ships worldwide. Thanks again for listening and until next time. Bye. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org and for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight by Hydrogen C featuring I Will I Swear. Until next time.